Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. By the time you have opportunity to listen to this podcast, I will be in Iraq. Uh, In fact, I will probably be in Kurdistan, where the Kurds are taking a noble stand against ISIS. Now, those who care about me, (laughs) and that may be a dwindling number, but those who care about me uh, have wondered why in the world I would go to Iraq at this time in history. Well, I want to answer that question, and by way of answering that question, uh, give another mini-tribute to the Kurds. I believe one of the most important things happening in our world today, uh, amongst many other important things, um, is the battle that's taking place against ISIS. Um, ISIS is a force that has arisen in the Middle East that is radically against every uh, rival version of Islam that it encounters, but it is primarily radically against Christians. Um, It has slaughtered Christians by the hundreds and perhaps now by the thousands. Um, It is radically anti-Christian. Now, I want to say quickly that they have slaughtered many, many other uh, people of many other religions. And so I'm certainly not claiming that only Christians have suffered. The Yazidis have suffered. um, The rival versions of Islam have suffered. Um, We all know that. But uh, I'm, I'm keenly aware uh, that one of the most important things happening in that part of the world, in the Middle East, is ISIS and its murderous ways. And, and the, one of the reasons that I think is important is not just that Christians are being slaughtered um, and that, there, that there's a horrible persecution taking place, um, but also that a, a, an absolutely astonishing form of barbarism has arisen in the Middle East and the Western powers have been criminally uh, slow in responding, have been stunningly uh, incompetent and hesitant, and have, for the most part, refused uh, to do what needs to be done. And, and I'm just, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm just absolutely uh, almost overwrought with the idea that such barbarism could arise at a part of the world and the nations that have the most power to do good would do nothing. And so as I'm aware of this issue in the Middle East and I'm aware of the challenge it is to the West and I'm aware of what it's doing uh, to Christians, I mean, I mean, I could go on forever about that. In the city of Mosul, which is the ancient city of Nineveh, uh, there are now no Christians for the first time ever. There are now no Christians. That's the work of ISIS. And so this horrible situation has arisen. And who is standing against them? Who is taking a stand? Who is winning the victories? It's the Kurds. And I say that not just because I have written a book upon them. I'm very, uh, very privileged to have written a book about the Kurds and, and uh, I'm very thankful for that. I'm not any major player. I didn't start any big organizations to serve them. I'm, I, I'm not some uh, major figure uh, in the cause of the Kurds. I just... Uh, had some people who were friends years ago take me to Kurdistan, and I got involved um, with them and, and worked from some organizations that I was part of back in the States and to help them and serve them. And 
um, played a minor role, but but I do have a historian's eye and a storyteller's mind. And so I began to keep track of stories, began to read, began to learn. And I wrote this book called The Miracle of the Kurds. So it's not just that I've written this book um, that makes me uh, want to honor them. It's because they're taking this amazing and valiant stand against ISIS. They have not been supported by the West as they ought to have been. There are some notable exceptions. Um, Angela Merkel, the head of, uh, leader in Germany, uh, did make sure that the Kurds were supplied. A few others have done uh, some supplying almost uh, under the table. Um, the British government has done more than most expected, and I really celebrate them for that. Um, but the U.S. government has been unbelievably hesitant. In fact, Barack Obama, when uh, the ISIS situation first broke out, uh, turned to all the factions uh, in, in Iraq, um, the Kurds, the Sunnis, and the Shiites, um, and said, you guys will have to, to solve your differences before we'll provide any aid. Well, in the meantime, uh, ISIS was murdering people left and right. Um, this was a ridiculous policy and uh, evidenced unbelievable ignorance of history and of the Islamic world. Still, aid was withheld by the U.S. for months and months until some kind of, what, peace accord or, or arose or uh, some kind of unity arose. It was, it was silliness. So I'm going to Iraq because I want to stand with the Kurds. I'm going to Iraq because I want to, in a sense, take the stories I've told in this book and tell them in universities and discuss them with the leaders and and take the honor that I've tried to show them in doing this book and, and sort of, sort of stand with them and stand right there uh, in front of them and, and, and tell them how much so many Americans love them. Um, they don't get uh, a sense of the American street, as they say in politics, uh, in Erbil and in Iraq. They don't really have a strong sense of, uh, of how much Americans are now turning towards them. They only know what D.C. is doing, and D.C. is not doing a great deal yet. So again, as I say, by the time that you uh, listen to this podcast, I will be in Iraq. It's a weird time to go. It's probably a dangerous time to go. Um, I have total confidence not only in God, but I have total confidence uh, in the Kurds and their um, security systems and apparatus uh, that I'll be just fine. But the reason I could not, uh, could not stay away uh, is that when I would think about the fact it might be dangerous, and when I would think about uh, the challenges that might be there, I thought about so many of my friends on the ground, um, and not just Kurds. I won't mention names, obviously, for security reasons, but um, I know 20-something-year-old girls who are uh, providing aid uh, to, to the, the Kurds, the Yazidis, people who are uh, in, in, under great duress and, and are, are refugees, um, I know people who are not Kurds, but Arabs who are serving uh, on the ground there. I know people from Germany, England, uh, people from other lands who are there. And uh, how could I uh, look at a 20-something girl, look at a 30-something uh, British man, look at people who are on the ground every day and say, you know what, I don't think I can come. Uh, gosh, it might not be safe. You know, I've written this book and I think the Kurds are awesome, but I'm not, I'm not going to go. I, I just need to stay here in, in Washington, D.C. or Nashville where it's safe. You know, I'm just not going to do that. So while we're taking every precaution and, uh, and uh, you, you know, you can't even, you won't even be able to figure out from this, this podcast the exact dates when I'm there, um, I'm going to go. And I plan to tell the Kurdish leaders 
and uh, all of the university students I can get my hands on and all of the people I have a chance to talk to on the street, that uh, the people of America are proud of them, um, that they are taking a stand, um, that, that the people of America are urging their government to do more. That's what the polls show, so I'm, I'm accurate in that. And that we believe there can be and, and already is a special relationship between the United States uh, and the Kurds. And that we're hoping one day for an independent Kurdistan and uh, that we are celebrating them on the other side of the world. I, I think that we will look back on this generation and realize that not only the rise of the Kurds, but the stand the Kurds have taken against ISIS, uh, especially coming out of the absolute devastations wrought by Saddam Hussein, um, that we will look back and realize that this was one of the great stories of our era. And maybe the greatest reason that Americans are not celebrating it more is that, frankly, Middle East history, Middle East culture is not our strong suit. If you think back on your high school experience, you know, it's not, not really something that was emphasized probably very much. Once we leave the Mediterranean world, uh, you know, in, in ancient times, uh, in our history books, we rarely return to the Middle East, except maybe a few things about, uh, you know, World War I or the history of Israel. But um, I believe that Israel and an independent Kurdistan ought to be uh, the best friends of the United States. And I think that the Kurds are very indicative of the way we all in the West would like for Islam to go. Moderate, democratic, uh, somewhat libertarian, um, very, very uh, deferential to women, um, and frankly, in, in most cases in Kurdistan, pro-Israel. That's what we want to see. That's where the Kurds will take things. That's who they are. We ought to stand with them, and we ought to celebrate them. And that's why, while you're listening to this, uh, I am probably standing in Kurdistan and uh, delighted to be telling them how much we as Americans and so many other people in the world, our Australian friends, uh, others that I've been in communication with, others I hear from, are celebrating them, standing with them, praying for them, and are proud of them, and are look forward to walking in the future with them as friends. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on CNN, Fox, and the Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. You can learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv and greatman.us, and connect with him on Facebook, and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote, performed, and produced the Rockin' Podcast theme song. Be sure to rate the Stephen Mansfield Podcast in the iTunes Store. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.